are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for keeping a Locked On Wildcats, everybody. Uh, happy Monday to you here with John Schuster. I'm merely Mike Luke. We got Bruno Luke right here as well. Bruno is uh, obviously a big part of the podcast. Um, but uh, you know what? Generally, uh, we're going to start with sports on this. Uh, is that what we're going to do? We're going to start with the U of A. And, that seems reasonable yes, on the are. Locked On Wildcat podcast. We're going to start with U of A basketball. Mm. Yes. Men or women? Yeah. Uh, well, they're both doing know, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're both doing all right. Let's go with men first. Okay. Okay. Um, that was a awesome win. First of all, that had a bunch. That had a tournament feel to it. Mm-hmm. It also had very much of a loot era type vibe to it, where, you know, oh my gosh, these two teams are just looking to outscore each other, not seeing who can like you know keep it into the sixties, and then. The, the one thing that I think we found out, too, is the gumption this team has. Those are my initial thoughts. We'll get into breaking everything down. John Schuster, you have the floor. Uh, that's all. The, it's that's hard. It. Back to you. Yes, back to you. It's hard to find anything negative out of uh, that performance. Arizona had to overcome a little bit of travel adversity to get there. Uh, the Uber ride aspect, as opposed to things being a little comfortable, uh, had to overcome a great crowd uh, from Illinois, which is so fantastic to see once again uh, in the uh, relative kind of, uh, hopefully on the tail end of the pandemic era. Uh, they they overcame a 19 nothing barrage on the road, uh, great shooting from the perimeter, which is something we can discuss perhaps a little bit later on another podcast as this week progresses, uh, and just gutted their way to a W. There are many things to take of, away from this, all of it positive. Uh, but one of the things, and, and you touched on it, is the character and the gumption aspect. And beyond that, you know, this is obviously a team that has some fight in it, which is excellent and something that you definitely need at the college level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of their style of play, that's helpful as well. Because Arizona just keeps coming at you. Right. And, it, and, and, and they and don't give up, man. And sometimes we've seen that... You get overwhelmed in the first five minutes. Sometimes you get overwhelmed 12 minutes into the game. And maybe sometimes, like was the case against Illinois, it finally works against you with about four or five minutes to go. And that approach and that style has been very effective for the U of A up to this point. Um, Yes, absolutely. One thing that I will say is that um, I look at this Arizona roster and they kind of check off every single box in a weird way. Because, like, let's talk about, like, let's just start with Kerr at the point guard position. By the way, I like his game. I don't believe for a second he was named after Steve Kerr, but whatever. Cool story. Um, he's pl- he's terrible in the first half. But you know what? In the second half, he certainly showed that he's, how do I put this? He certainly showed that he wants the big moment. He wanted those shots at the end. He was the closer there. We've talked about it all the time. Ben Matherin mm-hmm. and Julius Tabellas. Mm-hmm. And those guys are certainly qualified. But Kerr was the closer there on the stretch I like there. the fact that there are three guys who are, quote, certainly qualified for mm-hmm. that. That gives Arizona a lot of versatility when it needs it. And let's let's address the offense up to this stage, okay? Uh, we know that Arizona can score and score a lot of points. And it's pretty clear that they're going to do that throughout the course of the year, barring 
something really unusual now and again. More often than not, and the more often than not is a lot more often than not. Right. Arizona's kind of going to put up eighty plus a game. They've their 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 offensive style just suggests that that's what's going to happen. But what they've been doing this year, and we've been talking rightfully a lot about it, is that they've been leading the country in assists per possession. So it's been in the 70 percentile. Mm -hmm. And we talked about Arizona being an unselfish basketball team. They make the extra pass and move the ball around. They get good looks, all that sort of thing. But what we saw Saturday was something a little bit different, when it had to be different. We saw Arizona embrace a willingness to go to Tabellus one-on-one, Matherin one-on-one, and in the second half, Kerr one-on-one. They just broke down the floor, tried to take their man, and they tur and it turned out to be successful. Illinois had one good defender. Frazier is a fantastic yeah. defender. Right. He was on Kerr in the first half, and then they moved him over to Matherin for a good portion of the mm -hmm. second half. But what happened beyond that? Well, in the first half, Matherin put up a bunch of points. He kept Arizona in the game. In the second half, Kerr had big shots down the stretch. So you have an Arizona team that makes things difficult on the opposition in a variety of ways. And this is nice, because not only do you have a team that can spread the floor and balance things well and show an un unselfish willingness to find the next guy who has an open look, but it appears that there are at least, and maybe just, but three guys on this team who, if the matchup is in their favor, Coach Tommy Lloyd will say to them, okay, that's yours. Right. Go. So this is some, something that your friend Matty M has talked a little bit about. Yes. Uh, he's talked about Olsen's uh, willingness, you know, in the Lute Olsen era. Olsen had good flow on the offense as, as well, but Muehlbach will also often bring up a situation with a guy like Sean Elliott. Mm -hmm. And, and where Olsen from the sideline will say, take him. Because you're better than that you're matchup. You're better than that man. There is a physical inferiority in front of you. It looks as it's though. It's like every time John Schuster and I walk across somebody, we look and say, you know what? You know what? That guy is, that, that, that individual is physically us. inferior he to need, us. He doesn't need a built bar, right. by the way. Built bar, you know the deal. We're not going to go with the full 60 seconds right here. Go back to your deal. John Schuster, uh, built bar. Well, John Elliott, yeah. built bar. <laughs> um, but, but, but Lloyd doing that is great. Uh, he's He's got this... He he has he seems to have a mute a multiple understanding on the offensive end, and it seems to be adjust as the situation warrants, and take a bucket however you can get it. Right. It's not it's not being locked into a system. The system it's is not being okay, locked onto a or system. locked onto a system. It's how do you score? Right. How do you stop somebody, and how do you score? And Arizona's versatility. And his willingness to utilize different approaches has been very effective, obviously, to this stage. All right. So now let's talk a little bit about the uh, the wings. And you know what? Let's take a little, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to break down a guy, one Benedict Mather. And Bruno has reemerged from his slumber, and I think he wants to hear something. Thanks for keeping it locked on Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. All right. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Ben Matherin. He's stud. <laughs> okay, there you I go. I mean, he, he really is. This him. is the kid that, you know, you always wonder with guys like that if they're going to be able to step their game up in big spots. And Michigan, Illinois has brought the absolute best out of him. That was a that was a game yesterday where you, that was a team, I believe that Illinois, they might not be ranked as such right now, but by the end of the year, I believe that they will be viewed as a top 15 team. I don't know that they'll have a seed indicating that, but I believe that they'll be viewed as a top. That's a really good team out there. Ben They're Ma no worse than fifth in the Big Ten. No worse. No worse. 
Um, and the Big Ten's a good league. And the Big Ten's a good league. Now, I don't sure. know, again, you know, once you they get were into the tournament, who knows if the Big right. Ten's going to make deep they, runs. But the Big Ten has a bunch of depth and some good teams in one that thing conference. That was clear about, one, of them. one thing that was clear about that game is that Ben Matherin was the best player on the court. Yeah. And it was noticeable. Yeah. Uh, and there is it, – it, it's nice to see – because there was understandable concern in the first week. I, I guess it was understandable concern. It's a long season. Um, Matherin seemed to, the, the one who notably wasn't clicking as well, but that is, those days seem to be long gone. He's fit into the system very nicely. The team has worked around him very well. His explosiveness is inarguable. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, he can really shoot. He can shoot. Yes, so, that's a good combination. So it's a really good, and... And, you know, there's, again, there's a toughness factor that maybe was one of many question marks uh, that we had in regards to Arizona basketball. I think, you know, coming into the season, if you played the preseason, what games are you going to circle routine at Illinois was probably a game you figured Arizona was going to lose. And you hope that Arizona was competitive in it. Now... Uh, after this performance and the way that they wore down an Illinois team that shot so well from the perimeter, you start to uh, look at the schedule a little bit differently, and that bodes well for the U of A. Uh, so, you know, Matherin general, Matherin's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate nature of college basketball these days, as opposed to the way college basketball was 30-plus years ago, is that you ha- if you had a fantastic player who was a sophomore, you could count on that oh, season like, oh, and, man, the, and the next a, season. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, what, and may, this may, will probably be the last time you see Ben This is going to be the last year you see Ben Matherin. It's also going to be the last year you see probably about three or four players on this team, mm-hmm. which I think has caught some folks off guard. So, so you might as well embrace it while you can. And Arizona's a very embraceable team Mm -hmm. and uh matherin is going to be matherin's a problem right because he can score from a lot of different spots on the floor but he's additionally a problem because of what tabellus and kerr can do right and that gives arizona the kind of versatility that makes it difficult for teams to defend against him not necessarily impossible i think there are some teams out there that can be problems but the good news is that you're talking about elite teams in that conversation and if you start to look at it from the other way, if you start breaking down some of the other high-profile teams on a national scale, you start to include Arizona as a team on that list that can also be a problem for them. So if you're a Wildcat fan, and I'm guessing you probably are because you're listening to this podcast, uh, then feeling good about where the men's basketball team is right now is something that uh, kicks you off into a good mood as the holiday season continues. Which you should also be impressed by his prize picks. I don't think that there's any doubt about it that prize picks is something that, you know what, if you're not on it by now, it's not something I utilize. Um, but you know what, I know people that have used prize picks, and the reads are really good as well. I would say that prize picks is something that everybody out there should really try out. Do you have any feelings about prize picks? Well, prize picks is the fantasy platform, right? So not gambling. So so, so if you're into fantasy sports, this is an opportunity for you to get uh, some information that might help you win a league or get into better position for a league by utilizing prize picks. Hey, it's like anything else. You try to get whatever, uh, you try to get as much information as you possibly can to give yourself the best chance to succeed. You know what I liked about Tommy Lloyd, and you and I are watching the, watch the game, and I think we're going to watch more games because I liked watching the game with you. That's more of a testament to what I want than what you want. Wow, but, that's very uh, kind of you to say. Yes. Well, I will say this. And you, uh, you said this early on, and then I put it out on social media and ran with it, that Tommy Lloyd thought early on, 
that they had a big mismatch with the Julius Tabellas. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you could tell that that was the game plan early and often was to hit Tabellas. And I think that's a little bit of the strategy that you come with, Lloyd, in that like it's very game by game specific. Right I think there. it's sometimes timeout by timeout specific, yeah, yeah. which is nice to see too. Mm-hmm. Because and, and it's and a lot of tinkering. And, and you look at the way that thing. Arizona kind of approached things. There was an on the fly uh, element going on, and uh, you know we talk a lot about halftime adjustments, and so certainly Arizona made some of those as well. Illinois made some of those too, mm-hmm. and both did bo- both did a very nice job in that regard, but. Lloyd was very good, and his coaching staff was very good in that game, that when Illinois made a defensive adjustment, that Arizona would decide it was going to attack something in a different way. And it got that message across quickly. That's one of the things that has impressed me perhaps the most about this team so far, the communication and the understanding of what Lloyd wants to do and the players' recognition of how to get that done, Mm -hmm. how to give themselves the best opportunity to be successful in that regard. Um, one other thing that, and you talked about this, so, so it wasn't just Tabellus who was a mismatch for a while that Lloyd tried to exploit. It was Matherin that was a mismatch, maybe throughout a good portion of the game, that Lloyd tried to exploit. And it was curved down the stretch that uh, Lloyd had no problem trying to exploit as well. So Arizona has a game plan and seems to have a willingness on the fly to be able to tinker with that game plan. And those are obviously positive things. I want to, you know what? Let's do a tease. Let's save this because these are all going to be going up pretty much simultaneously. Let's save that one for tomorrow, a.k.a. in three minutes. You're listening to Locked On Wildcats.